Hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope that you had an awesome weekend. I have been running around like a crazy person um, trying to get all my ducks in a row, all my horses in a a row, literally. Um, It's just been a little bit wild this last week, week and a half, trying to get everything organized. So I don't know if there's something in the air or if it's just a knee thing, but I hope that you had a good one. I'm really excited to have Caitlin dance on the podcast today of Hot Equestrian. You guys know that Hot Equestrian is a big supporter of the podcast, so I was looking forward very much to getting her on and talking about what she's doing with Hot, um, which is an equestrian job board, job posting, uh, online platform for also employees looking for work within the industry. And she's doing a lot of cool things, so it's evolved over time. And one of the exciting projects that they have in the works right now is developing their mobile app, uh, which I think, you know, she's thought of everything. So this is technically, you know, a space for people who are looking for positions within the industry to go and find listings and job postings from equestrian businesses that kind of match what they are looking for. And vice versa, if you're an equestrian business, if you're having a hard time finding reliable help, you're having a hard time finding help in general, it's the same thing. But one of the things that I thought was interesting when we were talking about her idea for a mobile app is one that this is not something that somebody's ever done before for equestrian specific related positions. Um, but also she's working on, you know, being able to function in the app without internet. And that's a total horse person thing, because we know that when we're in the barn, we don't have such a good signal. Um, She's working on things like accessibility, uh, doing YouTube videos to have very clear instructions on how to use the platform. And also for people who might not be as able to be able to access these features. So that was all fantastic. And I really enjoyed talking about that. The other thing we kind of covered was her journey in, you know, going from, an idea to a business and what that looks like. I think it's really inspiring to hear, you know, even though you might not know anything about what that next step entails when you have an idea, it's very possible for you if you just reach out to the right people and you do your research and even if you outsource. So there was a lot of good advice in there about how she's managed to kind of grow the business in the way that she has to this point very much exciting things coming for Hot Equestrian. So make sure you guys go follow them over at Hot on Instagram. And if you reach out to Caitlin, I'm sure she'd be happy to provide you with any help or feedback if you have any questions and let her know that you listen to the podcast. Again, Hot is a big supporter of the Spring and Equestrian podcast. So I was so glad to have her on today. And I know you guys will really enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Spring and Equestrian Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Parr, and this is the place to be for all things equestrian lifestyle, horses, entrepreneurship, and inspiration for all of your equestrian endeavors. I'm here to get your insider's addition to what it's really like having a business or career in the equestrian industry and find out how people balance their passion and their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here with me, so come along for the ride. So many of you guys have expressed that you're interested in getting a position within the industry and Hot Equestrian is your modern source for equestrian jobs. They have recruitment services, business management services, and an essentials boutique. Through these management services, they help equestrian business owners streamline their busy schedules. And you can also look for equestrian-specific jobs on their website. They have some super exciting updates in the works, so make sure you check them out at www.hotec.com. Um, so I started riding at the age of four. I was very fortunate. I wanted to ride so badly growing up that my mom called around to all of the local lesson places and said, what's the youngest you'll take kids to start riding. And, uh, the one place outside of my hometown, which is Tavistock, they said at the time it was four years old. So I have nice photos of me riding these big horses in my first horse show with my nice 90s bowl cut to forever <laughs> commemorate that experience but yeah. 
I continued to write all through high school as well, showing just schooling shows. And then I went off and did my college and university degrees. Uh, my college degree is just in general business. And then my university degree is in economics with a minor in accounting as well. So yeah, I worked as a hockey scout outside of my full-time work. And then I missed, I guess, being in the barn and, and that side of my life. And I decided I wanted to focus on that more. So I left that career, I guess it would be April, 2020, probably. And that's when I got back into riding again, now that I was done school and everything. And through my life experiences and getting back into the equestrian world full time, I had got the idea to start Hoda Equestrian as a full service job board that's made by horse people for horse people. From what I've seen on people hiring via Facebook or things like that, I've seen really high profile barns posts that they're looking to hire. And I always joke with people that I talk to that 15 year old me would totally apply and say, I can definitely be a groom and travel with you all over the world. But in real life, that's, that's not the case. So my goal is to have something that's a bit more streamlined. And a part of Hoda Equestrian is, I guess what I would call our gold package. Once our new website launches, you'll be able to see that. And what that is, it's for any businesses, not necessarily just barns, but any equestrian businesses that kind of want to outsource the beginning of their hiring. So we would take over posting on their behalf so they can remain anonymous to avoid those um, kind of unqualified applicants contacting them. And then take over initial interviews, talking to people that might be a good fit, going through resumes. And then what we'll do is we'll kind of put packages together for each qualified candidate and sort of rank them based on what we've seen so that businesses can be given maybe like a top five or a top 10, depending on the amount of applicants and just start talking to qualified applicants right away. And they can focus on their operation and and things that are a bit more um, of a priority at that point. Yeah. Well. Okay, I have to circle back to so many things that you said. So, <laughs> um, first of all, a hockey scout. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm. It was weird because if I'm going to be candid, I've never played hockey in my life. <laughs> um, and it was one of those things that I was like, man, that would be super cool to be able to do that. And there's a scouting company out of Waterloo called, um, the parent company is Hockey Tech, but the scouting side of it is called ISS Hockey. And they actually do an internship every year. So it's an unpaid internship, but you still, you get to go scout and the focus is for OHL draft. So the kids that would be taken into their first year for the OHL. So I started out with that. I did a year and then ended up being hired out of it. And I think I did two or three seasons after that. So it was really neat. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, but it was the first year where players that I've seen at 14 or 15 before they're drafted into the OHL are now NHL drafted, which was That's super insane. cool. That's yeah. so cool. And mm -hmm. was something I never would have even like thought of. Yeah. But very <laughs> interesting. Obviously, you like watching hockey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. <laughs> And so hope is born out of this pain point where equestrian businesses, you know, are having maybe in my opinion, like recently I've noticed people posting or talking in conversations around how difficult it is on the employer side to find reliable workers and on the worker side to find kind of positions that suit them and actually fulfill them and in financial and other ways. So it's really interesting that that's where you went um and what is where did the name come from that's something else I remember wanting to ask you because that was really unique it's kind of funny my family asked me the same thing actually at our last family function and I don't even really have a good answer it was literally laying in bed and I said if I was to start an equestrian business what would I want the name to be? And it was just, it honestly was the first thing that came to my head and I searched it up and nobody had taken it yet. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> it just, 
one of those things. <laughs> so obviously in your experience, you like, or through school, um, you, you must, did you do all the back end work on this yourself or did you outsource a lot? Do you have people that have helped you build this? So it started out that I originally did everything. The original website that was up from kind of the fall of last year until January of this year, that was all done myself. So taking the time to learn different web hosting platforms, how to create pages, I've looked up um, different things on user experience to try to make it more friendly, as well as being in all of those different Facebook groups and hearing the pain points of people. And for the new website, now that it is, I, I always like to say that my goal is to be the Indeed of equestrians. Okay. So now yeah. we have this, full service actual job board. So businesses, they don't have to send me their information anymore to post a job. They can post it themselves. They can manage it. They can contact candidates, things like that. So it's a bit more hands-on, which is a little bit outside of my tech abilities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, same with the, the mobile app as well. I, I, something that I was surprised isn't kind of more common especially with horse people, you're not always at a computer or websites aren't necessarily formatted to work well on your phone if you're trying to use them on your phone's web browser. Um, so I've outsourced that as well. And I actually got the Android um, kind of initial concept today to be able to download and play with it. So that was good timing. So we're getting there and I'm, I'm confident before like the heavy show season hits that, that it'll be ready to go. That's so cool. Yeah, it's definitely something as far as like being able to access on the go for horse people. And mm -hmm. when you mentioned a mobile app a, a while ago, I was like, oh my gosh, that's definitely needed. Yeah. <laughs> um, One of the uh, uh, big features that I actually didn't have right off the bat, it was more so once I started playing around with the new website and the thought of the app that we're working on is the ability to actually use either platform offline so if you're in the barn and you don't have self-service or internet, you can still use it, post jobs, make any changes. And then the next time you are connected to some sort of service, if you, for example, open the app, then it'll automatically upload your changes as well. So you can kind of, wherever you are, whatever barn or location you're in, you can still work on things within your own schedule and not have to worry about that as well, which I'm yeah, talk about like building equestrians building a business for equestrians that's something that other people would never consider but like every equestrian listening to this is like yes because I never get cell service when I'm in the barn or when I'm doing this that's yeah. so good um so so you said April 2020 ish is when you started playing with hope is that what was that correct yeah like, I had the idea and then last year was kind of when I started kind of putting a bit more of it into action. I started out actually kind of focusing on business management. So being able to provide like virtual administrative services, things like that, just yeah. because that's kind of in my comfort and in my wheelhouse. I'm a self-proclaimed spreadsheet nerd. So I'm someone that can, that is very comfortable helping with those kinds of things and always had the thought about the job board in the back of my mind. And then I started looking, okay, what steps do I have to take to make that happen? And then it was feasible. And I had some really good help along the way, like I said, with the website developers or anyone with kind of the experience or anyone willing to talk to me about their experiences yeah. to be able to kind of make it what, what I want it to be. Yeah. And for anybody who is kind of educated in, there's a lot of people that are going virtual with their services or um, a lot of business management, but specific to equestrians, which I'm seeing pop up more and more. So that's very interesting and fun. If anybody's looking to pursue this kind of, obviously this is a very like niche area. It's not really been done before, which is exciting. Um, <clears throat> can you talk a little bit about the structure of like the revenue streams for the business and how that actually works and how it's going to generate for you enough that you can obviously have it as your job? Mm -hmm. So the main, I guess, revenue stream would be on the business side of the job board. 
So businesses have the option. We have three different packages being the gold, silver, and bronze. So bronze is for any sort of business where you don't do a lot of hiring or you don't have a lot of turnover, you can buy the silver pack or the, sorry, the bronze package, which is just being able to post one job. And then you get access to the app included in that as well. Um, the one that I think will be the most popular would be the silver package. You can post up to three jobs and you have up to six months to use them up. You're not stuck with having to post three jobs within a month. But the key feature that I enjoy of our silver and gold is I've been creating what's called a job seeker database. So with those two packages, you can actually see all of the candidates that are signed up and you don't necessarily have to post a job to be able to contact them. So if all of a sudden you're in a bind and you had someone that maybe quit their job and you can now look through kind of this database and sort by, okay, who's close to me, who has the qualifications that I want and be able to, as an example, email them and say, are you still looking? I'd love to chat with you. And it kind of makes it a little bit easier than having to go through the whole like job posting process as well. Yeah, that's very interesting. And then, you know, horse people, um, some of them are like, able to go online and find work and some of them are very old school and mm -hmm. it's all word of mouth and networking how do you market something like this like how have you marketed something like this and and what do you feel like your customer reach has been like so as of right now with the way the website was before i wasn't having as much traffic as i hoped but that's because i was manually posting each job for businesses as they would kind of uh, send them in to me. But I've been lucky. I've actually had a few different businesses from various backgrounds message me to talk about their experience. Um, as, as you mentioned before, um, finding like barn help right now is, is difficult. And I had a business reach out to me saying, I'm having trouble. Is it something you're seeing? Um, kind of what are your plans? And things like that. Um, sorry, that was my... I don't know how to turn that off. My Slack was yelling at me. Oh, um, that's okay. <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, marketing, marketing, and oh, like yeah. getting people to actually get to the understand that there's this database or understand that there is actually like job postings and they can find those different positions on Hot Equestrian. Mm -hmm. So, one thing I'm trying to do to make um, the support side of it or being able to learn more about what we do easier is I'm going to have YouTube videos. So not only will you have written instructions about how to do things or what we have to offer, but you can watch and learn without having to read through everything. So I think it kind of caters to anyone who might find maybe navigating the internet or different tech platforms a little bit easier if you can just sit and watch and say, okay, I'm familiar with what they offer and you kind of know where to go once you were to look at it. Yeah. Um, on kind of the same note, one thing I'm super proud of with both platforms is making them accessible. So for the website, once it launches, you'll see on the right-hand side, there's actually a little dashboard where um, you can change different things like the color contrast on the screen to make it easier, or you can have a reading pane where it highlights sentence by sentence and you can control um, where you're reading to make it easier for those who might be differently able to be able to navigate content or things like that. And that platform is actually used by companies like Disney. Um, I forget who else there was, but a bunch of different, I think Walmart might be one of them as well. So I'm super proud of that. And we're going to be putting sign language in the bottom corner of all the support videos as well, for those that might be a little bit um, hard of hearing or might find that that's an easier way to communicate as well. You're really like thinking of everything that you can possibly put together, but I, I love that. It's especially just being so inclusive. And 
I know that we talked a little bit and we have in the past talked a little bit about like the company mission and values and, and some of the things that you're really interested in, in supporting. So if you wanted to share a little bit about your, your priorities when it comes to giving back and kind of supporting other areas of the industry or other places. Yeah, definitely. So the first thing that I thought in terms of giving back is the Equestrian Canada uh, General Fund. They have a diversity, equity, and I think accessibility to sports portion of that fund. And every year I plan on donating a percentage of the profits that we make back to that. It kind of goes hand in hand with why I want my platforms to be as accessible as I'm working for them to be because I love this sport and I, I don't feel that anyone should be held back, whether it's for social reasons or um, any, anyone that is differently able that they should be held back for, for those kind of reasons as well. Are you a professional in the industry or a trainer, a coach? Do you do sales horses, breeding? Do you have an equestrian business, an online business that has to do with equestrians? Any of these things, what I'm noticing is that people are needing more and more help with their digital marketing and their online presence. I had the chance to talk to Erin of High Point Digital Marketing about what she's doing in the space. And it's really something that's needed in our industry. Consults, basic management, sponsorship relationships, advertisement generation, creation, influencer marketing, so much more, sales ads, whatever it might be that you need that's online, this is the place to go. If you've heard about High Point on the podcast, you can talk to Erin and receive 15% off of your first month of services. I, as a professional in the industry, definitely need more services like that with people who actually know horses. Check them out at High Point Digital Marketing on Instagram. Yeah. And, and work like, you know, being able to access opportunity within the industry, um, which is what you're kind of providing with, with your platform. And um, do you have any advice for anybody who's interested in starting something like this? Obviously it's a journey and there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I know that you, like you do a lot of collaboration and you do, I mean, in my experience uh, have, kind of good market strategy, but for somebody who wants to create something like this, what would be the first step, you know, or first couple of steps to just get something off the ground or to test the market? Like, is this something that you just made assuming, you know, you've seen that this is a pain point, you're in Facebook groups knowing, and that's already kind of researching what's going on. Um, but I know that there a lot of people have ideas and and would want to act on them, but they really just don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. One of the first things I did is I actually joined up with a business coach um, named Andrea Conway, who's now turned into like one of my best friends. And she helped me with, I'm sure you can find worksheets online, but starting off with picturing your ideal client. So it was literally going through, okay, where do they hang out on social media? What kind of pages? What do they do in their spare time, their age? And actually coming down to almost designing like an emoji of this is my ideal ideal client. And once you have that, then you can identify the pain points because you're able to relate uh, through things like what they're going through, what their struggles are and things like that. Another piece of advice I'd have for anyone who wants to start their own business is to be very open to suggestions and to criticism. I remember once I had my previous website up and going for a while, I said, here is a form for anyone that wants to give feedback, like tell me the good, bad, the ugly of anything you've experienced on the website. And I was happy because I had better feedback than I planned considering I had done everything myself. But the ones that weren't so great, it still kind of hit me in the feelings. I had to try to not take it personally. So that's been a thing for me, just personality wise, I tend to be kind of a people pleaser. So even reading like one criticism, it's like, oh no, like (laughs) kind of start questioning what you're doing. But it's definitely been a really good learning experience to be able to sit back and use that information constructively and not take it personally as well. that's a big one for anybody who has any kind of business right like because you tie 
yourself in with the business. So sometimes you need to separate those things because feedback can hurt if you're really sensitive and yeah, it's not personal. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And so for people who, for the job seekers out there, not the yeah. employers, what does that look like for them? Are they able to access, like, do, do they have to create a membership? Do they have to pay for a package? Like, how does it work for them? So for job seekers, it's, we have the same kind of three package structure. The bronze package, which is the default package is free. So you can apply to unlimited amount of jobs. There's no restrictions on it. And then the silver and gold packages are more so to kind of make your profile stand out so you can be featured on, on the website or featured in emails. And the gold package, we kind of do a little bit more hands-on work with you. We'll help keep an eye out for jobs that might be fitting. We'll take a look through your resume, help with formatting and some of those things as well. And okay. then on the website, we do have a continuing education section, which I'm always working on expanding. So you can find different online resources that can help with um, different aspects of what you might encounter in the equestrian industry, regardless of what job you're in. As an example, the Equestrian Masterclass by Noelle Floyd, we've partnered with them. So we have a discount for anyone that may be looking to get watching those masterclasses, which are super interesting. They have different topics with professionals like Ian Miller or Tick Maynard as well, which is great, as well as partnering with Mad Barn to showcase their resources about equine nutrition as well. Yeah, so lots of stuff for everybody, basically. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to having positions posted, is there any kind of process? This, this is another thing that's still really prevalent in the industry is that um, a lot of people are looking for cash paid jobs. And we know it's really important that people are protected. Um, is there any parameters that those, the people posting the positions have to go through? Do they have to, um, is it just kind of up to them what they post as far as, obviously you're not liable, but is there any kind of checklist that they have to follow? So in terms of the actual form that they would use to post a job, obviously there's the certain sections that are required, yeah. but a part of the website and the app is once a business submits a job that it comes basically to I guess what I would call a management queue okay. so as of right now uh, like myself I would look at the queue kind of look over the jobs and make sure everything seems pretty straightforward and yeah. it's basically with the intention to kind of prevent spam yeah. and that came with my own personal experience trying to do some freelancing like I, I mentioned with administrative work, there was a lot of posts where it says like, contact me on WhatsApp. And that was like one of the big, like red flags when I was freelancing is, you know, it's not legitimate if they're trying to get you out of the website and to contact you, um, contact them elsewhere. So by giving that a quick look over, then we can approve or um, reject postings based on that and either the employer can review it if it's maybe just an oversight or it would help take out those uh, spam type posts as well. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then do you have anything or a system where you can kind of measure your conversions as far as insights into like matchmaking or success rates when it comes to people actually connecting in those positions or is it just right now, it's just basically focusing on building that database so that people can connect? Mm -hmm. More so right now, as you mentioned, it would definitely be kind of building that, that database. Um, because I think, especially in the equestrian industry, um, if you have any sort of turnover, you don't usually have all the time in the world to try to find somebody. You're like, every person is important and it can be like a significant problem if all of a sudden you don't have that one person. Yeah. So by growing this database and being able to reach out, even if it's for um, like a show groom and you're like, hey, I just don't have a groom for this week in Angelstone, would you be interested in making like some extra money for that? 
yeah um, it would be a good option as well yeah I know I, I I see so many like ways that you can go with it as far as like especially when we're busy here in Ontario I know I think I saw some of your listings that were not here like they were in, they were in Canada but not in Ontario so are you going in Canada mm-hmm yeah. yeah. So right now I'm kind of focusing, um, like Ontario, Alberta, BC, yeah. just to start and then going, trying to expand down to the U S as well, I think would be a logical, um, next step given the competitors here that would go down to show, um, in the U S as well. Uh, but I'm starting with, with the Canadian industry to start just because that's, that's who, I can relate more with, and I've, I've had more conversations with on a personal level to be yeah. able to help and like identify their pain points. Yeah. I mean, and like I was mentioning, there's just so many ways that it could go because people are always looking for help and, you know, especially during show season here, there's so many different positions, like there's grooms and there's catch riding and there's braiding and there's all sorts of things that people are really looking for and mm-hmm. having something like this could be really handy, especially once you get your, your mobile app going. Um, so that's really exciting. Is there anything that you mentioned that there's some partnerships coming up in the future that you're really looking forward to when it comes to, um, kind of this year, do you Mm -hmm. want to talk a little bit about collaborations? Yeah. So for right now, I started out kind of reaching out to, um, not only local business, local equestrian businesses, um, but just kind of chatting and saying, Hey, here's what we have to offer. Um, if they would like any marketing and even just being able to talk to different industry professionals about kind of what I'm doing, what have they seen? I've had a lot of really great feedback from different businesses, which is great, but I'm super excited to have brands like Dutch masters, um, bar saddlery is one as well, Bedford Jones, and then Krista Myers have all kind of taken part in helping with this launch obviously partnering with you and your great podcast as well has been huge and I think it's fantastic one other plan we have hopefully for this year is partnering with the Royal Winter Fair so that's kind of nothing's confirmed yet but in the works as well which will be pretty exciting if we can get that going as well yeah I think um you know, this is something that could be really helpful to equestrians specifically. I don't think that there's ever been something quite like this in the industry. So it does take that push for people, I think, too. Like, have you had any of that where you really just need to convince people that, like, this is a better option than Facebook? Um, Like, I'm going to answer my question right now and say, like, if I was someone looking for help or looking um, to get a position, I know that, like, my opposition with Facebook is that, there is so many people with opinions about jobs in the industry that I would absolutely be terrified of my posts being completely trolled um, <laughs> and not finding anyone reliable. Like that's what I think of because mm-hmm. it's crazy. Um, but I'll put you on the spot and ask, you know, like how, how does this maybe differ from something like Facebook? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. So people through our platform, they can strictly just apply to jobs. You don't have to worry about everyone and their mother kind of being able to comment on your post. And actually when I started the job board side of it last year and had a first, my first few postings on the original website, I actually had comments um, of people maybe that didn't like that barn for whatever reason. And I was, I was getting personal like DM saying, I can't believe you're supporting this barn. And I had to kind of say, well, I'm not necessarily supporting it. Obviously, if there's something egregious, I'm, I would take that into account. Yeah. Um, but I had the same thing and it wasn't even me trying to hire. Right. Isn't that <laughs> wild? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know what? So uh, the other thing that's interesting and that really plays a big part is the anonymity, like in certain ways, obviously when you're applying to jobs and vice versa, you need to be on the same page, but just not having, like you mentioned, everyone giving an opinion on something that doesn't even need an opinion on. It's very, it's a very hot topic right now. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, clearly there's people shopping for jobs in the industry and clearly there's people looking to hire. So it's mm-hmm. in the right place. But did you want to talk a little bit about just the growth of, of the business from the beginning to now and what you've seen, some trends, 
um, you know, how it works into your regular life, like what that looks like, your schedule. I don't know mm -hmm. if you can comment on it a little, but I'm sure people will be interested to know. Mm -hmm. So as of right now, I know I've been doing um, like pre-signups for the website. So if people sign up ahead of the launch that will create their account, basically send them like a temporary password. And then once they log in, they can reset it. And we're getting close to about 200 people in the past, I would say two months that I've been posting that maybe less, which was a lot better than I was expecting. If you think like a hundred people a month going and pre-registering for it, which is super exciting. Um, trying to think what else sorry what other oh what my schedule looks like well yeah like how you i'm sorry my dogs are going off this is how we do podcasts now guys just if you're listening right now i'm not even editing this out because it's too much work um but, but yeah sorry what i was asking was kind of the balance of like okay you've, you've started your own business and that takes a lot of you know and, and me being on the same side as that like it really takes a lot of self-discipline to have a schedule and like get things done and be productive when mm -hmm. no one's telling you what to do and you don't really know the direction you're going in so what has that looked like over the last I guess now you know two two years for mm -hmm. you what does the balance look like what's the schedule look like and and how has it been running your own business mm -hmm. so it's definitely when I look back on it it's I'm surprised that I was able to do it it's one of those things where you just kind of adapt as you go and you don't realize what you've actually accomplished. So when I started this to be able, like if I was to say to somebody, I'm gonna be technically in the tech industry and I'm gonna have my own phone app, it would have been like, you're crazy. Like there's no way, yeah. um, but you kind of roll with the punches as they come, I guess, to not be too cliche. But in terms of my own personal schedule, most of it is obviously from my computer um, that I, I've just been doing at home. But with my different contractors that I've worked with to help me along the way, they might be in different time zones. So I've had Zoom calls at like 3 a.m. our time. Um, so it's like trying to wake up at 2.30 and act like you're, you're professional and being a good adult, I guess, at 3 in the morning. <laughs> has been kind of tough sometimes <laughs> yeah um but it, it's great i i've really tried to embrace anybody's expertise if they're helping me so for example my web designer would come back with suggestions and i might not like them but once him and i get talking on on a zoom call he says well in my experience designing these type of sites here's kind of what happened and i'm like i didn't even think of that yeah. so then that would kind of change my day of now I have to try to research something else or I have to put information together for something I hadn't even thought of. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's never dull, but I've been learning a lot. And like I said, I've really enjoyed trying to kind of do things on my own and learn how to manage things. Um, for example, like the, the back end of my website, being able to edit the website, make changes, things like that. I wanted to be able to be self-sufficient so I didn't have to necessarily rely on someone else's schedule for it. So that's always kind of kept me on my toes, which is really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like when you look at the big picture, I think people get really overwhelmed and be like, I could never do that. And they kind of just like brush it off. And like you said, I would never have thought that this was something I was gonna be doing like, like down the line. And I think once you, um, and I'm like this too, like once you realize that you probably teach yourself anything, if you like put enough time and effort into researching it, mm -hmm. it's kind of liberating because you learn over time that it's actually possible. So that's a really good point for anyone to take who's listening right now, because, um, you know, I get that all the time. Even my, my husband's like that a lot. He's like, you're better at that. And he makes me do all the work on things because he just doesn't want to put in the time to learn. Yeah, it's really true. Like if you put in the time, it's it's very interesting how much you can actually accomplish. And another question I had, because you mentioned kind of outsourcing and, and contracting people. Did you have prior experience finding people like that? Or is this something that was totally new with this business where you had to outsource and find um, people to help you? This was actually, it was completely new to me. I've never, um, I guess I didn't mention before. So the past almost 10 years, I was working in corporate supply chain as my full-time job. So doing purchasing and inventory for aerospace manufacturing, automotive 
manufacturing and things like that. So I actually kind of got the idea from when I started to freelance. There's a website that I really, really like. It's called Upwork. So it's upwork.com. And it's like, you can find freelancers for everything. So even for like my support videos, I could probably do the voice myself, but I really don't like my voice enough to listen to it that much <laughs> and then have it try to give like helpful support to people. So being able to find someone just to do like quick voiceovers or like the sign language interpretation from uh, for those videos as well, um, everything through like the website design. There's so much, even I had someone who helped me with market research who used to work for Tesla and she freelances in her spare time. So I said, out of pure curiosity, can you give me like market research on the industry, like worldwide, like countries that are coming up or kind of, is it comparable to the industry that we see here in Canada or in the United States? little things like that, which I've been fortunate to be able to have the resources to pursue contractors like that to make my life a bit easier. Um, But there's definitely like extremely reasonable rates where you can get really good deals where the freelancers will charge a cheaper rate, but they actually make more money because they get more jobs because of it. Yeah. So there was someone who was doing like data entry and they were charging like $6 an hour, which is, is nothing. So it's like a, as a small business, it's like, you can get five hours of work for like $30. Right. And it's just so valuable. So it's like, you can pay depending if you want someone who's an expert, or if you just need someone to say, Hey, I need help putting all this information into a file and you're more focused on getting a better, a better rate. So it's definitely for anybody who is starting their own business or even already has a business, that's always an option as well. If there's things that you'd like to work on that you don't necessarily know much about or feel comfortable doing yourself. Yeah, no, that's very helpful. I think like, it's interesting. Everyone starts out wanting to do everything them- themselves and sometimes it's out of necessity as well, just having, mm-hmm. you know. um, but the more that you learn, like you, it's great to know how to do everything to an extent, um, but in owning even just a, a business like mine, I've learned that like having other people help with certain things has definitely changed my life. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, so the one thing, the last kind of question I had around was something that you mentioned in your, your notes, um, programs to help increase the supply of workers to match the needs that barn owners or current barn owners owners have is that something that's just on your mind and heart like obviously that's what you're doing with hope is your are you thinking of other ways to to do that to, to increase the supply of people that are available to these positions mm-hmm. so from what i've seen and based on different industry professionals that i've talked to it's more so the demand exceeds the amount of workers that are available, like the supply. There's my economics degree (laughs) coming into work for once. (laughs) And uh, so kind of on, it's sort of on the back burner at the moment while I work to get everything launched, but I'd love to be able to kind of market to people who aren't necessarily horse people, but are willing to learn. Right. Be able to create a bigger supply and help fulfill those jobs and kind of even everything out. Whereas right now, like you mentioned, we're seeing like the back and forth conversations on social media about um, having trouble trying to find good employees or employees saying the working, like the wages or the working conditions are a problem and things like that. So that's one thing I'm always open to whether someone is a job seeker or a business owner or anything in between if they want to reach out to myself on social media through the hote equestrian accounts or they can always email which would be info at hotec.ca and just kind of have a conversation with me about like what you're seeing do you have any ideas and things like that i'm very open to kind of hearing what everybody has to say and maybe expanding out that way as well 
Amazing. Um, do you have any personal opinions about what's going on in the industry right now, as far as, you know, jobs versus workers and in, like, I don't know, I think that it's the changes that we've seen over the last two years have really put a lot of pressure on people from all kinds of directions. So mm. um, it's harder to find people who are reliable and able to to do things that barn owners or businesses need them to do. And on the same side, it's, it's hard to find work that pays a living wage that protects you in certain ways that, um, that makes sense. So what have you been seeing in the industry like, uh, like as of late? I would, I would completely agree with everything that you've said so far. The main thing that I've kind of found is more an aspect to being able to get a living wage. Hmm. So they're typical, as an example, like a groom, you have those long days you're working in any sort of weather you're working with 1200 pound animals that have a mind of their own and don't necessarily think that they should go along with whatever plan that you have. Yeah. Um, and being compensated near minimum wage. I think I saw someone post and it's like, I, I won't get out of bed for that. Yeah. And that's where as a business owner, it's kind of hard to compete with the aspects of normal corporate jobs that you would see where there's, okay, if I'm applying to this kind of job, the wage is typically this, you can do that research. It's pretty standard and you know, you have benefits, things like that, but it's completely different in our industry. So I know one thing I'm, I'm trying to work on in the background is making resources available to businesses regarding different insurance policies or benefits and things like that. So they can do their research a bit easier and kind of have a starting place. And maybe that can, can make some changes on both ends as well. Yeah. It's almost like a big funnel. Sometimes it's hard for these types of businesses in our industry to make enough money to then be able to pay well enough for the right employees mm -hmm. and it seems like a trickle down effect. Yeah. Um, and in the end, really it's, it's possibly the clients that are going to have to end up, you know, and that's, it's the same problem is that um, businesses and barns are pricing and, and trying to compete with other facilities or other places and businesses that are being so competitive that no one's making enough money in the first place to then hire the help. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like a cyclical thing in our industry. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Yeah, super interesting. Like, and it's something that obviously I would just sit here and talk about for a long time. But <laughs> right. I guess this is probably why I'm not overly hireable and work for myself. Um, <laughs> no, no, it's hard. It's hard, and people, I think, I think there's a bit of a movement around the fact that you know. It costs a lot of money to run an equestrian business or equestrian related business um, and provide really high value service to people. Mm -hmm. And hopefully over time, there's more and more clients that are recognizing and, and realizing that um, and willing to pay, you know, amounts that make sense so that their horses or their, their people or whoever can be really taken care of in the industry. So mm -hmm. yeah, really good. Um, is there anything that you want to tell the listeners about what is coming up with Hope? I know we have a launch. Um, is there a date or where should they kind of start with that so they can be involved? I would definitely recommend um, the most up-to-date kind of news would be through our social media. So Facebook, Instagram, we do have a TikTok. I just like hate putting my own face on it. So it's something I'm working on. <laughs> um, but definitely being able to pre-register by going to our website URL, which is hotec.com, where you can enter your email address, your name. And then, like I said, we'll create your pass, uh, temporary password for you and email that out so that when it launches, you can already log in and kind of get started and see what we have. And then I guess that would be the main thing for right now as we kind of test the new app and make sure it's good to go in time for show season. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't want to send any um, internet trolls your way, but I mean, if you guys have opinions <laughs> about yes, that yeah. are constructive and helpful about the yeah. climate when it comes to employment in the equestrian industry as of 
right now, or you're somebody who's looking to be involved with it, I'm sure that Caitlin would be really interested in hearing all that because it helps kind of inform what she's doing. So you guys can definitely get in touch with her. And I wanted to just thank you so much for doing this. We kind of winged today. It's been a crazy day, but I'm sure everyone will really get a lot of value. What you're doing is is over my head almost, but like I said, um, I think that if someone's interested in, you know, they have the idea, but they just don't know how to get there. It's the baby steps at the beginning and mm-hmm. and you would also be a great person to talk about when it comes to that. So thank you so much for doing this today. Yes, and thank you so much for having me. And like you said, they, anybody is welcome to contact me through either our social media accounts or email, which would be info at hotec.ca and tell me your experiences within the equestrian industry, whether it's as an employee, as a business owner, or if you want to start your own business and you want to know kind of resources that I used, I'm definitely happy to help with that as well. Okay, guys, that is everything. I really enjoyed recording that episode with Caitlin. Um, Make sure you guys go follow Hote Equestrian, even if you're not interested in working in the equestrian industry. Um, It's definitely somewhere that I think, you know, watch the space. She's doing a lot of great things with her business. She has amazing missions and values with Hote, and I love talking to her more about it. I know, you know, sometimes it's hard to get a grasp on these different companies that are basically strictly online and understand what it is that they're doing. So hopefully that helped clarify for you guys. Of course, if you have any questions, Caitlin's really happy to talk to you. So you can reach out on Instagram at Hotec. I'm sure you can visit the website at www.hotec.com. And for me too, any feedback that you have on this episode or any other suggestions, you can email me at springinequestrian at gmail.com. I am so excited for the rest of this month's episodes that we have for you guys. They're fantastic and very different. So that's what I'm going to keep up with, making sure that there's a little bit of something for everybody on all of these episodes. I hope that you guys enjoy. I am about to check off my to-do list and get a bunch of things done today, including chores and horses and cleaning, um, running around and doing errands because this week I am heading off on a little, I guess you can call it a vacation, but it's just more of a trip. Um, looking forward to that. We will have another episode for you guys next week and I can't wait. Have a good one.